0: The valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you, agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a road to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're
1: saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable.
0: Humans need fantasy to be human. <gasps> My goodness. That was good. good. You guys are pros. The best relentless refusing to give up all right hit that horn babe let's dance
1: welcome to the week 10 fantasy flex props podcast presented by prize picks i'm your host chris raybon joined as always by my dude sean kerner sean what's going on
0: what's up um you know just hanging out how about you (laughs) Doing, <laughs> you know, we had a we had
1: some uh, we had a pretty epic Tuesday. We can't can't get into all that, but uh yeah, shenanigans. So, we're trying to recover and uh, you know, it's been a day or so since <laughs> now Thursday. So, almost back to 100%, but yes. uh we got some Sunday night showdown to talk about, the Chiefs and the Raiders. We got some uh and some props to get into. So, let's get to it. Let's start with that sh- Sunday night showdown slate. The Chiefs are going to Vegas. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 52-and-a-half. So, we're expecting a high-scoring, close game. Uh, Sean, you nailed, uh, I think it was Tyreek in the captain spot uh, on the last primetime Chiefs game. Who do you like this time?
0: Yeah, I think uh, Tyreek makes sense again. Uh, He he obviously has the highest ceiling out of anybody in this game. Um, And I'm with you. I think Patrick Mahomes uh, breaks out this game. You know, I, I offered you the prop two seventy eight and a half. and a half. I think it was, I think he'll be closer to 300, if not way over, uh, in this matchup. So, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill are obviously in play. Um, it's really hard to find anybody outside of those two. Um, so I think everything's going to go to those guys. I think it's getting, getting that right. So, um, but I, I think I'm going Tyreek Hill. I think if, if you want to go with the Raiders, you know Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. You know either one of those guys could end up getting you know eight plus catches um, in this game as well. So if you want to get sneaky, um, I don't think you go wrong with either one of those guys. I think Derek Carr um, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up for throwing over three hundred yards as well. So a lot to choose from, but um, I think the Concheren play would be to go with a Waller or a Renfro here. How about you? Yeah, I
1: like. Kelsey, I think, um, you know, I was talking to Stucky about this, about Gus Bradley, and he did make the good point that Bradley was actually one of the coordinators that laid the blueprint for how to slow down Mahomes back when he was with the Chargers. They did play a lot of, like, deep safeties and just make him throw underneath. So that's good for the chief receivers. So I like, I like Tyreek, obviously like Kelsey again, um, just because I think, especially on a full PPR, that they're going to need more receptions than usual um, to get their yardage. I still think they get a, a bunch of yardage. You know, it's still zone coverage. Um, there's going to be a zone heavy look for the Raiders, but I like the receivers. I think a contrarian play on the other side, uh, is Josh Jacobs, the Raiders, you know, coming out of that game against the giants. One of the talking points uh, in Vegas was they ran the ball really well, but they didn't run it enough. And Jacobs had, you know, his best game in terms of rushing efficiency. So, uh, you know, this chiefs team, they invite the run. Um, and you know whether it's kind of a, a fallacy or not. I think a lot of coaches believe you know you want to kind of play keep away against this team, keep the offense off the field. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs are 29th in run defense DVOA. Uh, I think Jacobs could push for 20 carries here and be efficient with those carries. And we've already seen him you know get get a lot of work in the red zone. So that's a, a contrarian play where you know the Chiefs are favored on the road. The the Raiders are home dogs, but we've seen the Chiefs struggle. If the Raiders can control this game or at least keep it to a one score game. I think Jacob is going to get a lot of work um, from wire to wire. So I like him as, as a contrarian play as well.
0: Yeah, I do like that. And, you know, one of the knocks, uh, you know, about Josh Jacobs in fantasy, especially on like a set like DK is the lack of receptions, but he's had three more catches and four out of the past five games. Um, so, I mean, obviously that that's a good sign. Why do you think that is? Like, um, is that Gruden being gone? Like, what what do you think changed where they're they're using him more as a pass catching back?
1: Uh, I, I think oh, it it's just, just because, good. He,
0: he should have always been,
1: <laughs> you know, uh, getting
0: passes, but
1: I think it's a more, there's a more material reason you have Brian Edwards out there. Who's basically like a non-entity most mostly yeah. <laughs> running, running routes, uh, especially, you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't really do anything against zone coverage. You know, he's one of those guys that if you have him singled up, maybe you throw a, a contested ball to him, but he's not really separating. And he, and he's too, you know, he's still kind of young. Doesn't really, I guess, know how to find those soft spots. So, um car usually it's like waller renfro dump it down it's, That's that's yeah. it those seem to be the reads uh, and then when you know when rugs there obviously you take some shots with him against against man coverage as well but i think the way the teams are playing the raiders here uh it just kind of wends itself to you know and Carr is one of those quarterbacks so he doesn't like to hold it too long he's been a lot better over these last few years at like getting the ball down the field but he's still going to be very decisive if, if if it's not there he's going he's going to dump it down so um yeah that's probably why they got drake it's just that Jacobs has been outplaying Drake for most of the year, so um, yeah, I expect it to continue. All right, uh, what about Chico's? What Do you like uh, on the lower end of the salary spectrum in this game?
0: Well, like I said, you know, it's for the Chiefs, it's Terry Kill and Travis Kelsey. You know, obviously God tier. Um, and then it, at the bottom, it, it seems like Demarcus Robinson, Josh Gordon, Byron Pringle—they're all kind of like sharing the DeMar- Demarcus Robinson role of just running around the field, not getting targets. And Mecole Hardman is like in the middle, like he's not quite that tier and he's obviously not the God tier. So um, I'm going to have to stick with Mecole Hardman as being my cheat code. Um, he could, He's still a threat to score from anywhere on the field. Um, despite, you know, Josh Gordon getting more playing time, Hardman's still running, you know, around 65 to 70% routes run. So he's on the field. That's all we ask for with him. Um, so it's Hardman for me. Um, and now on the other side, I, I guess we don't know yet if, Deshaun Jackson is playing, but obviously if he's suiting up and he's active, um, he's just a walking cheat code because all he needs is one catch. And that's what I said for Monday night football with, you know, Marquise Goodwin and James Washington, they each had just one catch only, I think, um, and still put up 50 yards. So Deshaun Jackson falls in that bucket. He's perfect for a showdown slate. So if he's active, uh, he'll be my cheat code on the Raiders side.
1: Yeah. I I like, you know, going kind of correlated with my Josh Jacobs play. I, I really like the Raiders, Defense, uh, the Chiefs, 20.5% turnover rate per drive. They're turning over essentially one every five drives. So, uh, you know, again, I think you still have to target this Chiefs team against with, with opposing defenses. It seems weird, and obviously they could always, you know, break out for like a 30-point game and, and not really give up much. But right now, they're still trying to figure things out. Uh, you know, the Raiders' defense seems disgusting, but they can get pressure, you know, with that front four. So, I, I like the Raiders D and, and Gus Bradley has had some success against Mahomes in the past. So, um, I, I expect another couple of turnovers here for the Raiders. So, like them, obviously D as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think looking at maybe a bounce back for Byron Pringle here, uh, Gordon is another guy. His, his playing time's kind of been going up, but Pringle, you know, since Gordon was acquired, uh, Pringle's routes run have gone 32% for dropback, 42%, 48%, 44%, and then 63% last week.
0: So, Pringle's no, uh, no targets, no
1: targets, but all you need is one, right? (laughs) All you need is one here. Uh, You kind of called it with Marquise Goodwin the other night and, uh, and James Washington and Pringle. I mean, 63% routes run. That's, that's pretty high for a guy that's kind of in that mix of like, you know, the wide receiver three, four, five range. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, something to watch out for here. Cause I agree. I think Demarcus Robinson's really the guy that's trending down 85% routes run three weeks ago, 37% two weeks ago, 24% last week. So he's the guy that's really been kind of losing out here, whether it's to Pringle or Josh Gordon. Um, you know, it seems like the Chiefs are looking for an upgrade there. Remember, they didn't necessarily uh rush to bring him back. He kind of tested free agency and, and mm-hmm. didn't find anything. And then and, and then they re-signed him.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, really scraping at the bottom of the barrel here, uh, Foster Moreau, the backup tight end play. Um, you know, one of the fallouts I thought, uh, you know, following Henry Ruggs uh, the tragedy. Um, like I, I thought they might run more two tight end sets. Uh, they, they opened up the season uh, doing so, you know, Foster Moreau was averaging 35 to 45% routes run um, really talented for a backup tight end. And he stepped up when Waller was out, but uh, he only ran 15% last week. So who knows, maybe they, they run more two tight end sets. Uh, but he's, he's the kind of guy that could sneak in two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. So for a showdown slate, I, I like sprinkling in just a couple shares of a guy like Moreau, just in case. Oh, yeah. You got to get some Moreau,
1: some Blake Bell in here. It seems like every every showdown slate, some, one of those backup
0: tight ends yeah. does something. <laughs> and I almost, I, I was this close to saying Jimmy Graham uh, last week, but I was like, I, I can't bring myself to do it. And I, I regretted that. So I I just had to throw Moreau out there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, listen, we saw it a couple of weeks ago. We didn't see it last week, but you can never predict Andy Reid's usage. So. Uh Derek Gore, I mean, we've seen him have a game where yeah. he pretty much split the work with Williams and then a game where he was the clear backup and even McKinnon was a little more involved. But uh, don't forget about Gore either, because if they get if they want to run the football, especially in the red zone, it seems like they they trust Gore as well. So uh, a lot of options here. But uh, yeah, that's how that's how I'm kind of looking at it. I'd say Raiders D for me is probably going to be the, the one I kind of go with the most just because I, I think nice. it'll be well we rostered. All right, uh, let's get into our props. We do five props each a quarterback, two running back, uh, and two receivers. The lines are courtesy of prize picks who presents the Week 10 Action Network Fantasy Flex props podcast. So let's get to it, Sean. Who is your quarterback prop for Week 10?
0: So, you know, I, I, I took Trevor Simeon under two, 220 earlier, that has dropped to 210. Uh, so my new favorite prop at quarterback is Mac Jones over 220 passing yards um, against the Browns. Um, we, we don't even know what running backs are going to be active for the Patriots this week. So they could be really thin at running back, which would force, you know, the Patriots into more of a pass heavy game script. But I think they might be doing that anyway, because this, this Browns defense uh, is more of a pass funnel one. You know, they rank 19th in DVOA against the pass um, and fifth versus the run. So it, this is why I took the over for Joe Burrow last week. Uh, he crushed that. Um, so I think, you know, the, the Patriots tend to be um, really savvy, you know, no coincidence, Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time um, and game planning for their opponent. So I think with this matchup, um, they're going to lean on Mac Jones a bit more. Um, so, you know, I'm projecting him above 240 here. So I think this is about 20 yards off. So I love the over 220 and a half yards for Mac Jones here.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it. You want to target Mac Jones, not in the games where you expect positive game script, Mm -hmm. but in the games where they might have some trouble. And I expect the Browns to win this game. I think the Browns have the edge on both sides of the ball uh, here against the Patriots. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, obviously Mac Jones, I think Belichick will worry about the pressure. Cleveland is number two in pressure rate, but I agree that Cleveland's been stout on run defense. I think they're sixth in DVOA and without your running backs, you just don't have that physical element. If you're going to be missing Stevenson and Harris. So uh, I think Jones gets there. I think it'll be ugly. You know, I don't think it'll be like an efficient 240 yards or whatever yeah. it is. But uh, yeah. I, I do think he ha- he would just have to get there because I, I expect the Browns to to be able to control this game. All right. Uh, for my prop, uh, you graciously gave it up. I'm going banging. Trevor, <laughs> Trevor no, Simeon under 210 still. and a half. Yeah. Like, come on yeah. here. Like, I I have Trevor Simeon not even playing the full game. We don't even know right now if he's going to start or how long he's going to play. Um, because. Yes, Trevor Simeon wasn't the issue in the Saints game against the Falcons. His receivers were – I mean, I know you saw the one where Deontay Harris just completely flipped, and it was like a wide-open conversion. Uh, big Fish, Adam Troutman, dropped a couple of balls. So it's just been – it wasn't on Simeon. But – and Sean Payton said this before – the coverage has changed when we get Taysom Hill in the game. Like, you can't do as much man coverage because you don't, you're, you're scared of him running. So another one of the issues with the Falcons is the Falcons, they were one of the worst defenses coming into the game, and they just played a a lot of man coverage and locked up the Saints receivers. (laughs) And so I think Sean Payton, whether it's, you know, with the starter or just if they struggle early in the game, because we know the Titans always seem to find a way to hang in these games regardless and and, and surprise people. um, I think he's going to have to make a change. So this is kind of like that low-hanging fruit like Sam Darnold a few weeks ago where it's like he either could struggle for efficiency as is, or he could just straight up get, get pulled from the game. So uh, I still like Simeon under to uh 10 and a half. I have him at one fifty
0: three. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still love the under. It's just one of those things where if you can't even project the guy to play the full game, uh, which yeah. is rare for a quarterback, it. just it, the lower floor. Um, and I, I wonder if Alvin Kamara ends up missing for this game. Yeah. It, it makes even more sense to use Taysom Hill. Um, and you know use Taysom Hill and Mark Ingram that's a pretty powerful combo so yeah just all signs point to uh, Trevor Simeon going under this all right uh, what are we doing for Ryan back Uh, so I'm sticking with Zeke Elliott over 65 and a half rushing yards this week I took the same exact prop last week uh, and it failed miserably but then again I thought the Cowboys were going to beat the Broncos. Um, but you know, once, once they went down by what 30 points and Zeke was dealing with a knee injury, uh, I knew this was toast. Um, but you know, he was able to come in and he got carries, um, down multiple scores late in the fourth. So I I don't think they're too worried about this knee injury, but certainly something to monitor, but against this Falcons defense, that, uh, ranks 27th against the run in DVOA, he doesn't even need the full complement of snaps or even need to be a hundred percent healthy. To clear this prop. So um, I'm projecting him 70 and a half yards and, you know, I'm factoring him to be limited earlier in the week. So if he's closer to 100 percent come game day, my props only going to go up for this or my projection is going to go up for this. So I want to lock this in early because, yeah, just I I think this entire Cowboys offense is going to have a bounce back game this week. So love the over 65 and a half yards uh, for Zeke this week.
1: Yeah, I figured it'd get a little wonky with the Cowboys last. Week. I mean, where they come into the game seven and zero against the spread. Like, I the Broncos are one of my picks uh, for last week, but this week I, I do like the Cowboys to bounce back. Um, so I I do like it. I think this is where you kind of buy in uh, to Zeke here. And remember, you gotta you gotta have Zeke in the game to keep defenses honest, so you can hit Malik Turner over the top. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah screw C.D. Lamb and a market. <laughs> right, Michael yeah. Gallup's back. Just just funnel targets to Malik Turner, please. You know it.
1: (laughs) All right. uh, For my running back prop, I'm going with Jordan Howard under 40 and a half rushing yards. Last week, I gave you Boston Scott under uh, 44 and a half. I think it was that hit even in a great matchup. And the reason is we have no idea how this team is going to split carries from week to week. You know, they're giving Kenneth Gainwell goal line carries. Howard comes off the practice squad and he's essentially their top back two weeks in a row. But I I think the Howard you know, game plan last week. It, Cause a lot of people thought Boston Scott was going to be the guy. And like, I, you know, I expressed some pessimism uh, of him, you know, both in terms of, you know, waiver pickup and in terms of, you know, his proper and, and DFS and all that stuff. Uh, and now I think now that we're, you know, books aren't even posting props for Boston Scott now, but we get Jordan Howard. So now we're going to take that and go into that because the charges were 32nd dead last in run defense. DVOA. So that's a team that you want to have a power run game. You know, you just want to, you just want to keep wearing them down, wearing them down. But this Broncos team, I mean, what did they hold Zeke to last game? Like 16 yards or, or something? 50. Um, well,
0: he, oh, like 50 hey, yards. It was he was Whoa. getting garbage carries yeah, down oh, 30. Right, right. Yeah, he had
1: like 16 <laughs> at one point. Yeah. yeah you know, no. <laughs> like they, the, the Broncos, like they, they had some issues earlier in the year. Um, They lost, you know, a couple of their key run stopping linebackers, but I still don't think, you know you're going to go at this Broncos team, this physical team in Mile High, and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to run it down their throat with Jordan Howard." Like that's just not going to fly. Uh, we, we still can't trust this Eagles team to be a run-heavy team. You know we we kind of know that what their mo has been to throw the ball. They had two really good matchups to run. Uh, you know, forty-four-six romp of the Lions, and then they faced the worst run defense in the week. So now you're talking about Jordan Howard in a game that I mean they're underdogs. You know maybe they win, maybe they lose the game, but uh, I don't think we could trust the Eagles to run you know, to hand off more than like 20 times, if that, you know, they've been averaging under that uh, for the year. So I I still think he's splitting carries three ways um, and and we can't trust this. And even if he gets, you know, 15 carries, he's not a lot to go over. Um, We've seen that throughout his career. He can be very inefficient at times. So under 40 40 and a half for Jordan Howard.
0: Yeah. Love this call. And, you know, in fantasy, he's, he's a touchdown dependent, you know, low end RB three flex. So He's one of those guys that just has a really low floor, especially with, you know, still a three way running back by committee. But how do you think Miles Sanders feels where he gets hurt? All of a sudden the Eagles turn into the, you know, 2019 Baltimore Ravens. Like it's got to feel good, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> you know, I mean, he had that, that, that good drive, I guess it was against the Bucks. Remember where like all of a sudden they started yeah. getting him the ball. So I think it was kind of in motion a little bit. They realized they were kind of skewing too heavy, but.
0: But Right um, when he gets hurt, they, they finally yeah. decide to they get the, to the great run. matchups.
1: Yeah. They get yeah. the matchups. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but that's the thing. You got to kind of take it as it comes. And every time we see something with this Eagles backfield, you can't trust it. You, you fade that. And then like next week, we might be talking about Kenneth Gainwell unders or something, you know? Um, so let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Who do you like for your second running back prop?
0: Uh, so I'm sticking with Jonathan Taylor over 85 and a half rushing yards against the Jaguars. Um, Just make life easy on yourself. Whenever the Colts play a really bad team, just take the over on Jonathan Taylor's rushing prop and thank me later. Um, You know, he had 146 rushing yards against the Texans. Then he had 172 yards against the Jets last week. Now he faces the Jaguars. Just fill in the blank. Um, You know, I'm projecting closer to 92 and a half rushing yards, and that still feels a little low um, because, you know, they, they finally got their offensive line back healthy just a couple games ago. So Jonathan Taylor's firing all cylinders. They made Marlon Mack inactive last week. So he's just going to get a ton of carries here last week. I I like the Najee Harris rushing yards over just because I like him getting, you know, 22, 23 carries. Unfortunately, he wasn't efficient up efficient enough to go over the prop. But with Jonathan Taylor, there's no question when it comes to efficiency. So I feel better about this prop than I did Najee last week. Uh, But yeah, I love Taylor over 85 and a half rushing yards here. Yeah, I'm around 87, so uh,
1: I'm over this as well, uh, just barely. I, I don't think he'll be quite as efficient. I, I do think the Jaguars have a good run. Defense. They, they're number two in the week at limiting explosive run plays, so I think Taylor's going to have to get it, you know, kind of churn it out, but I still haven't projected for five yards per carry, uh, which is kind of nice. Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb level, uh, yep. so uh, I don't disagree here.
0: This is uh, actually the first <laughs> week I have Taylor projected over five carries, so – Five yards a carry. I'm, yeah, I'm usually w- with you when it comes to like being careful about projecting running backs over five yards a carry, but um uh, Jonathan Taylor has joined that club this week.
1: Uh for me, I'm going with Dalvin Cook over 89 and a half rushing yards. He's averaging 92 on the season. He in the games that he's played more than half the snaps, he's gone over this in three out of five uh, with a median of one ten. So I haven't projected over hundred yards. Uh this number has gone up, I think, four yards since we last talked about it. Uh, and I'm still banging the over here. This is the league's worst defense. It's the Chargers. Um, Cook, I know he's going through some legal situations, but doesn't look like it's going to affect his availability at all for Week 10. And this Vikings team, you know what they do when, when their backs are against the wall. They want to run the football. Mike Zimmer um, is great coming off a loss. multi-game losing streak, he's 15-5 and five against the spread. So the Vikings could actually surprise people and uh, and jump out to a lead. Or, well, that, that's not surprising. They always jump out to a lead. But uh, yeah, it may like, actually be able lead. to... Yeah, right. They may actually be able to control this game wire to wire, but I, either way, I think Cook he's um, going to be efficient uh, regardless of the circumstances. I don't see the Chargers running away with it uh, in this spot. So Dalvin Cook over 89 and a half rushing yards.
0: Yeah, love it. And, um, you know, early in the week when y- you were touting Dalvin Cook, um, that was before I did my, you know, deep dive when it comes to my projections. Yesterday was my deep dive uh, and I added two carries and, you know, 10 yards basically to his rushing prop. So I'm right there with you now. He's up to 93 rushing yards. Still love the over. Uh, he's, he's right there with Taylor. at You know, I had him like my running back five, I think, and you're giving me crap. He's up yeah, to running like, back. What That was, but you know, remember that I told you the famous quote by Abraham Lincoln, you know, never judge a man by his fancy projections on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's Thursday now. So my projections are good to go. Dalvin Cook is my running back, too. Jonathan Taylor's by running back one. So all is right with the world. And I'm with you on this cook over finally.
1: All right, uh, let's go to receiver. Who's your first receiver prop for week number 10?
0: So I'm going with Russell Gage under 50 and a half receiving yards against Cowboys. Um, You know, Russell Gage is typically a high floor type of receiver, but um, you know, he's only played five games this year uh, and he's had zero catches in two of those. Um, So he's been surprisingly volatile this season. Uh, He's a, he's a low a dot kind of player his a dot 7.7 his yards per catch is 9.9. So even if he does end up getting five to six catches here, he could still go under. Um, So I'm, I'm projecting him for four and a half catches here last week. He benefited from Kyle Pitts, you know, dropping a couple deep balls. Uh, And then, you know, after that, you know, Russell Gage got a catch or two from there. I was watching uh, quite a bit of that game. So I think, you know, Russell Gage had a ceiling game last week um, and still barely cleared this number. So I think he's going to regress a bit here. I'm expecting a massive game from Kyle Pitts. You know, Cordell Patterson is always going to be uh, involved with the passing attack. So I think Gage is going to cool off a bit here. And I'm, you know, I'm projecting him closer to 43 and a half yards. So like the under here. So you're saying Russell Gage is going to fail to get over just like he failed to get over the defender
1: on that ill-advised hurdle. Oh, Did you see that Did you see yeah. that hurdle where he just jumped into nothing? Right? Yeah. That's,
0: that's Russell Gage in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have him, uh, I have him about 42 yards. Uh, I have him 4.8 catches, but just not, like his yards per catch, as you mentioned is under 10 uh, in my, in my model as well. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, this is a, a spot where he he'll probably catch four or five balls, but will he get mm-hmm. anything downfield? I don't know. Uh, all right, let's go to mine. I'm still going Donovan Peoples-Jones under 45 and a half receiving yards. I just think this is way too high. Uh, I, even without Odell Beckham, he's had 39 or less in in four of the seven games. I'm projecting him for about 35 uh, receiving yards here. Uh, this is a you know you're going against the, first of all you're going against the Bill Belichick defense. Uh, second of all, you know just be I mean we'll see what happens with uh, you know Chubb, but either way the Browns are going to run the ball regardless of what back they have in the backfield. So I don't think like all of the situations going on with Cleveland, all of a sudden McDonovan Peoples-Jones, this like guy that's going to get close to 50 yards receiving. Uh, he's been a kind of a volatile guy. Um, yes, he could break this on one catch, but he could also go a whole game without being targeted. So the so Donovan Peoples-Jones under 45 and a half receiving yards.
0: Yeah, I, he's one of those guys. He does have that upside, but he he still has a really low floor. And, um, you know, when I was doing my deep dive projections process yesterday, I was kind of scared uh, when you took this prop because um, Anthony Schwartz is running 70% of the routes right now, which, uh, you know, means more targets are going to be funneled elsewhere. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Donovan people, Jones, like just, they, they, you know, Jarvis Landry is a target hog and they have the three headed tight end monster. Like there, there's so many outs for this prop where, yeah, I think people's Jones has to get like a long catch to clear this prop and, you know, defense is by now, uh, know who he is and can game plan for that. There there aren't many things that you need to do to stop the Browns at this point. So, yeah, the more I looked into it, I, I'm right there with you. I'm projecting his mean projections 36. Um, so, you know, his median is going to be closer to 30. Uh, so this this prop is a good, like, 15 yards off. Yeah, I totally
1: agree. I mean, wh- last week the routes run with Odo Beckham out were Jarvis Landry 83%, Schwartz 70% people's Jones oh, 65%. So people's Jones right. was actually, and he's 66% for the year. So, I mean, that's kind of, you're going to get, you know, maybe, you know, two thirds to three quarters of the, of the snaps for people's Jones. And uh he's going to have to catch like, you know, some, some deep ones to, to kind of go over this. He's not going to be a guy that catches like six balls.
0: No, no way. And yeah. I'm not sure why, but Richard Higgins only ran around 4% of the time. Don't know if that was injury related or they're just really trying to get Schwartz playing time, but you know, if, if Higgins goes back up to 50 percent and Schwartz is back down to 40, that's only going to benefit this market even more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of game plan specific. The week before, Higgins went 64 percent, Schwartz 11. So I think, I mean, Peoples Jones is the clear number two now. Like he's not yes. I'm not saying he's going to be like benched, but uh, this number is just way too high because his role hasn't changed, um, you know, regardless of what happens with, with OBJ.
0: Yeah, the best was when we were sweating the Peoples Jones prop when we just needed him to play one snap. Oh,
1: yeah, for action. Yeah, because like, like, we had to bang oh, his man, unders.
0: Like, yeah. Uh, I knew he was going to go under that even if he played the whole game, but uh, he, he tweaked his growing, and we just we needed him to play one snap so the prop would count. So, so <laughs> think.
1: All right. Uh, where are you going with your second receiver in prop for week that? Uh,
0: so, I, I love this one. It's Deontay Johnson over 65 and a half receiving yards against the Lions. Um, he's gone over this in five of seven games this year. Uh, the Lions don't have anyone who can stop him. Um, he, you know, Deontay Johnson is one of those high floor players where I'm I'm comfortable taking us over. And Chase Claypool's banged up, so we don't even know if he's going to play. If Chase, if Chase Claypool's ruled out, I mean, this prop's going to go up, you know, closer to 80. Uh, even if Claypool plays, I think Deontay Johnson, um, you know, is a lock to go over this. I'm projecting it closer to you know 73, 75 and a half yards. Um, and like I said, I, I don't mind betting the over on someone like Deontay just because he has such a high floor. Uh, he's going to see targets regardless of, you know, the, you know if, even if the Steelers get up early, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, he's still going to get his. So love is over this week at 65 and a half.
1: Yeah, it's my understanding that Claypool's week to week. Like, I know he's not officially yeah. ruled out, but uh, I'm not. Like, I'm already projecting him for zeros across the board. Like, I I, I don't think he's playing. So uh, I, I think this is looking good. Uh, and yeah, the Lions, I mean, their their issue is, they just, you know, they, they can't on the perimeter. They just don't have enough talent at corner uh, or in the secondary really defend uh, some of these perimeter receivers. So um, Deontay Johnson is my wide receiver six, in, yeah. <laughs> in, you know, heading into the week. And uh, it's, yeah, like you said, it's already Thursday. So uh, I don't think he's going to move too much. I have him uh, around 77 and a half for a median 83 for, for a mean. So. Oh my God. So I
0: realized, so I, I'm not with you on um, Chase Claypool yet. I still have him in there. Uh, okay. And De'Andre Johnson's my wide receiver five. So I'm terrified to see what happens when I take out <laughs> <Yeah>. Chase Claypool. <laughs> He's going to be like above Devontae Adams. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm worried. Uh, yeah. so, so I'm going to leave Chase Claypool in there for now. Uh, <laughs> hey, <you>
1: gotta <laughs> bump up Cody White and see what happens. Um, all right. For my second receiver prop, I'm going with Jameson Crowder under 49 and a half receiving yards against the Buffalo Bills. Crowder's averaging 48 yards per game, but his median is 38. And he's been under this number uh, in 60% or three out of his five games this season. This is one of those things where, number one, you have Corey Davis coming back. The Jets have been using a lot of four receiver sets lately, which kind of muddies up the target waters. It kind of spreads the ball around. And on top of that, Crowder could get four or five, six catches and still fall short of this number because his average depth of target this season is just 5.1 that uh, that would be a career low for Crowder just for context. You know, last year it was 7.6 uh, and the year before his first year on the jets, it was 7.3. So they're using him even closer to the line of scrimmage this, this, this year. Um, You know, they have other receivers like Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, uh, Elijah Moore is coming on into his own, which is going to cut into Crowder's I think snaps as well. So uh, I think Crowder's treading down and this is a tough bills defense. I mean, everyone's talking about how they lost the game. The Jags last week, but this team still ranks number one in past defense DVOA, six against number one receivers, two against number two receivers, and four against non-number one and number two receivers. it's just really tough, you know, to, to be productive as a wide receiver against this Buffalo Bill defense. So love the Crowder under 49 and a
0: half. Yeah, it was nice enough to let you have this one and the Simeon prop. Uh, I love this <laughs> one as well. Uh basically what you said, like whenever it comes to projecting the Jets wide receivers. Um, you know, it's so crowded right now that it, it's hard to give, give, give Crowder anything more than five catches. I'll, I agree that, you know, he's probably going to lead the team in targets, but you know, Corey Davis coming back, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims is still, you know, really talented and Keelan Cole. I think Cole, he's on a Coven
1: list. I think Mims might be on a Coven Oh,
0: really? It doesn't matter because they out, have yeah. other, yeah. From Braxton I, I really, Berrios, Jeff Smith. Berrios can step up. Keelan Cole, <laughs> you know, the, the coaching staff still loves Keelan Cole. So. You know, he just has to fight for playing time. Michael Carter and Ty Johnson, um, you know, we'll see their targets as well. So there's just a lot of targets to go around. So yeah, I love Crowder under 49 and a half. I wouldn't touch his receiving prop like if it's four and a half or even five. Like yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't touch it uh, because he could go over that. But like you said, he could catch six balls and still go under this. So that's that's why I like the under here as well.
1: Yeah, I have him for a mean. I have him 5.3 for 46 yards. So then Mm -hmm. his his median is about you know about five catches for 40. So um, yeah, I like him to go well under this, this number. Uh, That is going to wrap it up for our week 10 props uh, on the week 10 fantasy flex props pod presented by prize picks to recap. Sean is going Matt Jones over 220 and a half passing yards. Ezekiel Elliott over 65 and a half rushing yards. Jonathan Taylor over 85 and a half rushing yards. Russell Gage under 50 and a half receiving yards and Deontay Johnson over 65 and a half receiving yards. I am going with Trevor Simeon under 210 and a half passing yards. Jordan Howard under 40 and a half rushing yards. Dalvin cook over 89 and a half rushing yards. Donovan peoples Jones under 45 and a half receiving yards and Jamison Crowder under 49 and a half receiving yards. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what's your first prize pick, Elite Entry, best bet for week number 10?
0: So for both my props, I I think these lines are going to go way up uh, by kickoff time this Sunday, so I want to get on early. And the first one is Mac Jones to go over 220 passing yards against the Browns. Um, You know, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are dealing with head injuries, so they might not even suit up this week. Uh, You know, those two backs are the uh, early down grinders that the Patriots like to use uh, when when they get up. But uh, if they're both out, you know, they're going to have to lean on, uh, you know, Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor, which, you know, those two are more pass-catching backs. So I think they could come up with a pass-heavy game script either way here uh, against the Browns. Um, You know, they rank 19th versus the pass in DVOA, but they, they rank fifth uh, versus the run. So I consider them a pass funnel defense. And uh, yeah, I'm projecting Mac Jones for about 245 yards. And I think that's where this line will end up if one or both of those running backs are ruled out. So I like the over 220 and a half passing yards for Mac Jones here.
1: For my first prize pick of lead entry, best bet for week 10, I'm going with Donovan Peoples-Jones, under 45 and a half receiving yards, his median on the year. Uh, is under 40 yards, and he's been under this in, in more games than he's been over. His role really didn't change at all with Odell Beckham out of the lineup. Just 66% uh, of the routes run per drop back last week, and now you're facing a Bill Belichick defense in Foxboro. So I don't expect Peoples Jones to be a guy uh, that the Patriots spring loose in the secondary. So Peoples Jones under 45 and a half receiving yards. Sean, uh, what is your second Prize Picks lead entry best
0: bet for Week 10? So my, my second prop is Deontay Johnson over 65 and a half receiving yards against the Lions. Um, he's gone over this number in five of seven games. Uh, and the Lions don't have anybody that can stop Deontay Johnson. He's a high floor player where I'm comfortable, um, you know, taking his over. And right now I'm projecting Chase Claypool to play. And I'm projecting Deontay uh, closer to 70, 72 and a half receiving yards. So if Chase Claypool's ruled out which you seem to think um, he, he's, you know, leaning closer to doubtful this week. I, You know, my projection for Deontay Johnson is going to be closer to 80. Uh, So that's why I want to get on this early. I think the market's going to react um, as soon as Chase Bockel's presumably ruled out. So I want to get on this early. Uh, So love the over 65 and a half receiving yards for Deontay Johnson against the lowly Lions.
1: For my second prize pick to lead entry, best bet for week 10, I'm going Jamison Crowder, under 49 and a half receiving yards. He's averaging 48, but his median uh, is just 38. He's been under this number in three out of his five games. Jets should get Corey Davis back. They're going to spread the targets around. Elijah Moore, who could directly impact Prouders playing time, is breaking out uh, in the second half of the season uh, as a rookie. And the Jets are going to involve Keelan Cole. They're going to involve uh, Davis and, and maybe even Braxton Berrios uh, as well. So uh, a lot of targets. And A and dot is just 5.1. So he could catch five, six balls still go under the number. So Crowder under 49 and a half receiving yards. All right. So that's our prize picks of lead entry for week 10. As a recap, Sean going Matt Jones over 220 and a half passing yards, Deontay Johnson over 65 and a half receiving yards. And I'm going Donovan Peoples Jones under 45 and a half receiving yards and Jamison Crowder under 49 and a half receiving yards. As a reminder, these prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, Check out the link in our episode description, and they will match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code Action Ten. That's A C T I O N One Zero. All right, now back to the show. That's going to do it for the pod. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore OddsMaker and me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free, award winning Action Network app where you can follow all of our bets, including our player prop bets, as well as track yours for free. Be sure to check out our fantasy football rankings, projections, and content at actionnetwork.com or in the app. And you can find our DFS content, tools, and models at fantasywebs.com. Good luck this weekend with Get Dish Money.